You're listening to the Kerry Woodham Mornings Podcast from Newstalk ZB. The former head of Te Ora, Rob Campbell, believes the lack of attention given to aged care is yet another example of politicians kicking the can down the road. In an opinion piece in Newsroom, Campbell writes chronic underfunding by successive governments has meant there's not been enough capital or operational investment in aged care facilities. Estimates indicate that by 2040 there'll be 230,000 people over 85 and that on current trends there'll be about half or less the aged care beds available to meet demand. Chancellor of AUT, former Chair of Te Ora, Rob Campbell, joins me now. Good morning to you, Rob. Morning, Kerry. This has been something that's been known about for a very long time. It's going to affect most of us, either ourselves or people we love. Why doesn't it get the attention, say, that other sectors of the healthcare get? Uh, I wish I really understood that, um, Kerry, but it's a long-standing issue that, as you say, we've we've all known about for quite some time. Uh, there uh, has been far too little attention paid to it, and, and part of the problem is that it's expensive. Yep. And I think, frankly, uh, part of it is that you know, older people probably um, don't have as loud a political voice as as they uh, perhaps should have. Uh, I think perhaps it's a generation who who put up with things a bit more than um, perhaps younger generations do, uh, and they probably haven't been loud enough about it. But that's no excuse. Is it also kids have been brought up in a cost benefit analysis type of society? Okay. Let's have a look at the money that's being paid out. What benefit do we get? What return do we get on these old people? Yeah, I think I think that's right. And and at the heart of this too, Kerry, is is an equity issue because in this country, if you grow old and you have a hundred percent equity in your own home, mm-hmm. it is a good option available to you. You can sell that home, move into what are world class retirement villages. Mm-hmm most of which have world-class aged care associated with them. And frankly, for that part of the population, it's not such a big problem. But for the other half, and it's a growing half, it's a pressing issue for those people and for their whanau. Yeah, well, I mean, I have gone through this recently with a mum who sold her house in Hamilton that she was increasingly finding difficult to maintain. She has moved to a retirement village that suits her, and there's so many that... Uh, you know, can appeal to yeah. all sorts of different personality types. I think she's going to last another 20 years. She'll still be around at 105. There's just so <laughs> much going on. And, you know, if anything happens, then there is that hospital-level care, which is brilliant. But again, again, you're right. We've got that those who have a home should be fine. Those who haven't, unless they're lucky enough to get into one of the not-for-profits where there's about 100 people competing for one bed, they're stuffed. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. And and what's worse is the not-for-profits are closing all yeah. over the country as they find that the uh, money they get in terms of funding from the government for those facilities, plus what they can support charitably, simply doesn't support uh, keeping the facilities up to date, let alone building new facilities. So the, the model exists for those people who have that 100% equity in their own home, for the rest of the population, there isn't a model that works. And 
as I say, I use the phrase kicking the can down the road. It's not a new one, but it's exactly what successive governments have done. Uh, they don't want to face up to it. And, you know, I know from my time in, in Te Whatawara, uh, the aged care sector was uh, very constructively uh, raising these issues with the government and with Te Whatawara, pointing out the issues and even some potential solutions, um, none of which uh, have been taken up. But there's a sector here, both charitable and for-profit, that is prepared to engage with the government, but it involves significant expenditure by government. And if you don't value your poorer old people very much, I guess you do just kick it down the road. What were some of the solutions proposed? Because it also blocks up that sort of process for hospitals, doesn't it? Admission, treatment, and out to recovery and to rehabilitation and home. But if you've got nowhere to put people, that's where the, the... blockages start and everything starts to fall to pieces. Yeah, it needs new investment. So the funding that's available from government uh, needs to be enough to uh, fund construction of new up-to-date aged care facilities. At the moment, the funding really looks primarily at staffing and it's underfunded there too anyway. It's a separate issue in a sense. Uh, But there has to be a model which enables people to be they not for profits or for profit to build specifically for aged care, uh, and uh, the model currently is far from doing that, which is why places are closing and effectively no new facilities are being built other than in the retirement village area, where indeed they are cutting back significantly on the number of aged care beds they put in each village because the economics don't work. I had a text to say I think too many people are staying alive well past the, well past the point of living. People are being kept alive far too long. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a cynical view. Um, I've, I, I've I've heard that, but uh, you know, the fact is that people are capable now of living much longer lives, not as active as they once were, but not in. Uh, not in great pain or discomfort or, or, or anything like that. We're talking about people in aged care facilities uh, who are still making significant contributions to that community they're in, to their families, uh, and who have a, a lifetime behind them too of uh, contribution to society. So I think I hope we haven't got to that point uh, where, where we're, we're starting to disrespect or, or devalue old people to the extent that people just don't care about this issue. I think it comes back to the sort of care they're going to get because having been at the Aged Care Conference as the MC one year and hearing the initiatives that like teeny tiny places in the South Island were putting into their um, rest homes for people who just needed extra care but also those with dementia-related illnesses they were right at the heart of their small community. I mean, I guess in a small town you can't hide people away. So they were right in amongst it. You know, the you know the local pony yeah. club was coming and giving them manure for the gardens and taking away veggies and they were helping with the horses. And you know, like they were very much a part of the community. And I would accept the point that we're living too long if we're not living a life. If all we're doing is existing, staring out a window that at a vista that never changes that I wouldn't want to be alive either. But if I was experiencing life right up to the end, then that's worth it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I'm speaking quite soon at a, a conference of a, a group called 
diversional therapists, I think is the name they use now, but these are people you will know from that aged care experience working in aged care facilities and providing, uh, you know, the sort of support that older people need to live fuller lives. And again, uh, isn't that something that we all should want for our parents and our grandparents, perhaps our great-grandparents? We want them to uh, have a full life while they, and they do need support to live in it. So to have that, so, you know, aged care isn't for just for old people. That's the point I try to make to, to people when I'm talking about this. Aged care is for the sons and grandchildren, sons and daughters and grandchildren of the old people as much as it's for the old people because uh, that enables them to remain full, fully parts of their of their whānau lives, uh, which is so important. And just finally, are there cultural differences when it comes to the care of the elderly? I had a text from a woman who said, I've had six children and that's my retirement plan. I'm a renter, but I have six children and I'm banking on at least one or two of them to be able to look after me when I'm older. And she said, I'm quite serious. They're, they're my retirement plan. I think, I think for many people that is true because what other option uh, is there? But, you know, that's a bit of a gamble on the ability <laughs> of your children to be able or willingness, I guess, but more or less, less be constructive the ability of people uh, to look after. And, and look, there are cultural differences. There are some really good initiatives around the country and Papakaiinga from in Māori communities mm. building their own kind of facilities. But one thing we do know is that, um, like most of us, people who reach this stage of their lives actually do need and like having other people around and not just other old people locked away in a corner. So, you know, modern aged care is is um, really quite different to this idea that people are just locked away and forgotten about it. As you say, they're involved in their community. They're both the one they're living in and, and with their wider whānau and, and, and the people around them in the, in the village they're in or the town they're in. Uh, and this should be a positive thing. Absolutely, no, I, I agree. We're talking about this as if it's some huge burden on the rest of us. I agree. People living satisfying lives. Rob, thank you so much for your time. Rob Campbell, former chair of Te Whata Order. Thank you. For more from Kerry Woodham Mornings, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.